Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And mind you, tonight is Mercury retrograde. Well, we are in the Mercury retrograde. I think it started somewhere on October 14th and it ends sometime in November. The point is, it's our last one for the year. Think all that is holy. And uh, if you've ever heard me record on a Mercury retrograde, this is going to be a treat for you. <laughs> if you've never heard me record on a Mercury retrograde, it'll also be a treat for you because you get to experience this, whatever this is. Uh, that I do on Mercury retrograde recordings. So, all right. It got me thinking these days about everybody being in such a heightened state. And when I go through sessions these days, it's been quite a bit more dark in flavor. And this happens. This happens every once in a while when I do my work, when I do my job. But I tell you what, I've never experienced as much darkness as I have, let's say in a prison setting. That is a really heavy, heavy, dark energy. And listen, you know, before I ever became a therapist, I would have never really given this energy idea a thought. Then I go to school and in textbooks, they never tell you that there's this thing called energy and that we actually feel it with other people. We feel their words. We feel their energy, whatever that is. We feel it. That was never learned in a textbook. So when I started working in prisons, I really got to experience the need for what I call today protection on the inside. You will experience this level of darkness in prisons because there's a lot of regret, remorse, guilt, shame, uh, all the emotions that would cause negative feelings, probably the worst of all negative feelings, right? The average person on the outside may experience depression and stress. I don't think those are as, how do I put it, harmful to the human psyche and energetically as guilt, shame, remorse, regrets, those are probably the worst. If I ever encounter those in a patient, I know that there, there's a high level of darkness or heaviness within is the best way to say that too. Um, I recently had people that are on the caseload that have been going through suicidal thinking and they've been really kind of tiptoeing into the darkness. And when you hear their language, it's hopeless. Uh, it's recycled hopelessness, right? It's just over and over again. They perceive their world like it has no options, that there's nothing good in it, not worth living for um, or living in. And in a lot of ways, they've disengaged from that light within They've kind of veered off really far from that light. And so it goes, it goes a lot into the darkness. And so there's, there are ways that we psychically invite darkness within. And although you think I'm a therapist and you're like, well, Tala, where, where is this in psychology books? It is not. But I've learned, uh, learned the hard way that... <laughs> Psychology books are not where all our history as humans is located. 
when it comes to the consciousness and when it comes to um, our human psyche, right? There's much more to us than just psychology, Freud. There's there's a lot, lot more. And so I bring you this experience that I have in this area because it t- I'm, I'm, I was a very uh, suspicious therapist of uh, all the that is out there that is not in a psychology book, <laughs> something that is peer-reviewed and like uh, taught in, co- in universities, colleges, what have you. I would have been very suspicious of such information until I was exposed, like I said, to those situations. And then it became much bigger than psychology. Whenever you are in the presence of a person who's already got one foot in that dark realm, in the hopeless, regret, sadness, that dark, drenched realm, then you'll know what I'm talking about. It's pretty rough. And you realize that psychology alone cannot protect you from this. And as a therapist, like I, I had to learn the hard way that energetically I had to keep myself protected. Psychologically, I had to keep myself protected because I can't work and do my job and help who I need to help or be of help is because I never really, I never really know if it, if it helps anybody, but to be of help when the time is needed, I don't really know that would be done without me energetically being at the right place. So I had to learn those little tricks, those little truths that I'm going to share with you tonight because it's really darn important. And I use them not only for me as a therapist, but I also use them to educate patients. And they might hide under the idea of psychology, but I know better. Uh, There's ancient, ancient works about the human mind and the human energy and soul that is way before Freud opened up his mouth and said something about psychology or whoever else before Aristotle and and Plato. I mean... there was there was ancient literature about us as humans and how our energy works and so i trust information that's been around that long <laughs> so in having met people that again are on the tiptoe between two worlds the darkness and the light is the best way to say that okay there's so many ways to say it i'm just kind of saying it this way it's where the uh, the light energy and the dark energy is at, and they tiptoe, they have one foot in, in each world, and learning how to work with such individuals. I have to go a little bit into the darkness, but I can't go all the way in. Very strongly, one, if not both my feet, have to be somewhere in light, and if I never even believed this before, trust me, it believed in me because <laughs> it, it was it was always been there. I just never noticed it until, like I said, I went to those dark places and I had to really understand the contrast and respect the light and also respect the dark. I have no power over it except in the way I'm going to tell you today. And this is the thing about our humanity is that, again, we go back to free will, free choice. We have the ability to choose what we invite into our psyche. And so let's talk about 
protection, the mental protection. Now, if I were to teach you some of those things, I really mean them in the most humble way. In no way am I saying this is going to be based on evidence-based, blah, blah, blah. But I know much of the world that I live in is not evidence-based, friends. So I don't fool myself thinking that everything has to be evidence-based for me to consider that it might be a truth. Oh, no. Um, I don't do that nonsense. So today I would like you to consider that much of what I'm giving you today is based on experience as well as literature as well as other people's experiences. And I'm putting it all together to help you with something that I do every day when I am with people for eight hours a day, when I hear their stories, when I step into their worlds. And whatever world I step in for that 45 minutes to an hour, I'm stepping in whatever world they have. And it could be dark, it could be light, it could be a bit of both. I don't know what I'm getting, but I have to be protected on the inside in order for me to get in there. And today I'm going to show you how to do that. I'm going to show you how to protect yourself. The little tips and tricks that you need to know as a human being, period. Not just a person that can work with other people or interacts with other people. That's great if you do. This is very helpful for you. But if you don't, that's okay. You still need this to protect you on the inside. Now, psychic protection has been around for as long as humans have been around. We've used it in multiple ways. So we know that a priest may use holy water to bless an item, a house, even a person. Uh, We know that in many traditions all around the world, we have used so many different kind of rituals as a way to protect ourselves. For example, in Transylvania, if you're a visitor, you have to ask for permission to be invited into the home. This way it keeps this home protected as well as whoever you try to invite in is is basically the intention set is them that they are protected and so are you and that's that's a pretty old one i suspect that this actually helped (laughs) the whole vampire we can't invite a vampire into a house type of deal Uh, but the idea is that it is a form of protection and it's been used for hundreds of years another example that I can think of right away from my own experience is growing up in a Middle Eastern family. Uh, I remember that we always had, and I still do actually, (laughs) I still do. We have um, the evil eye. And what that is, is basically a a blue stone of some kind. It can be made out of glass, uh, but it would be shaped as an eye in a palm. And you can actually look it up. You can look it up under the evil eye. Now, this is also used in Hispanic culture, in uh, different cultures, not only in the Middle Eastern. But I, I definitely grew up having that being around the house, especially in the front door, somewhere in the front door when you walk in. But it's also to keep any person with negative intentions out of the home Amulets, essential oils, candles, herbs have also been used, especially salt has been used as a way to protect uh, objects, people, places, the intentions and energy of of uh, humans. So this is something that we believe in and that's why it carries this power. I can go on and on explaining the multiple ways that we as human beings have learned to use objects and many items as well as ourselves as a way to set it the intention of protection. But today I'm going to want to have you do it psychologically. What makes a person in trouble energetically? Somebody who's kind of going to be uh, vulnerable 
versus a person that's going to be more resilient energetically. I'm going to tell you that how this happens psychologically. So the words, the language that we use really make up our, our world, make up how we perceive reality. Now, a person that continuously perceives threats, whether it is in people, it is in situations, you know, this is the kind of person that goes to work and will find the one person that is out to get them, right? Or they're going to be the one that gossips about everybody else and perceives himself superior somehow. Let's see. Um, a person that always thinks the worst is going to happen. Think the, the worst case scenario is going to happen. But what if, what if, and they keep playing the what ifs. All of those, unfortunately, makes you energetically vulnerable. When you entertain these thoughts, they are not real. Like I said from the beginning, you have the opportunity, the, the choice, the free will to make a decision what you invite on the inside. And when you invite thoughts that carry out a momentum of dark energy, negative thought patterns, what you are doing is making yourself physically and emotionally vulnerable. You cannot focus, you cannot sleep, you become sicker and sicker because on the inside, you start really bludgeoning yourself with these uh, nasty thoughts, these energetically dark thoughts. When a person is suicidal, oh boy, all you have to do is sit next to somebody who's suicidal to really experience the feeling and the weight it places on your chest, on your energy. Again, if you yourself as a therapist, for example, uh, are not feeling good yourself, what's going to end up happening is that you're going to miss how to help energetically uplift a person who's in a, a suicidal dark hole. Does that make sense? So it's that important to me in my job today that energetically, vibrationally, I have to be at a different level than the person I'm working with. Intentionally, I have to protect myself. So allowing thoughts to come inside in my mind and play out is not a luxury I, I participate in today. Today is pretty damn disciplined. There's thoughts that I just don't mess around with out of protection in a lot of ways, I bless my thoughts. I make sure that the intentions are set to protect myself from thoughts that can penetrate and make me vulnerable. This is such a very important thing, especially if we've grown up in places from in trauma and in experiencing long-term violence growing up or violence even as adults. We have invited darkness within especially if we stay in it, right? As a kid, you can't help it. You're helpless to the situation, so you survive it. But as an adult, if you continue to go back, the darkness becomes kind of a bit, a bit of your home. And it's not unusual for people to perceive the darkness as a form of depth, you know, like, an in, like I have depth somehow because I think that the world is really a bad place to be and it's everybody just means you know harm but they're faking it by being happy <laughs> i don't know some bullshit like that look if you believe this is true it will be the truth for you you will play it out to the gates of death and insanity so be careful what you re ritualistically habitually repeat especially when it comes to thoughts thoughts are not excluded they are the one thing that develops your world that colors it 
or discolors it, whatever you, however you want to say it, that those are the most important things, the thoughts and the words that you produce. I, I don't know how many episodes I've made of just adding words, but we're adding also the protection that words can provide you. When we think of love and peace, it's been said and been studied that parts of our brain actually start producing uh, uh, relaxing types of hormones. Uh, and if we concentrate on a positive word, According to Newberg Waldman, by holding a positive and optimistic word in your mind, you stimulate frontal lobe activity. This area includes specific language centers that connect directly to the motor cortex responsible for moving you into action. And as our research has shown, the longer you concentrate on positive words, the more you begin to affect other areas of the brain. Ah, end of quote. Beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. So as a therapist, when I continue to ensure that people sound differently, I interrupt their thought patterns, I redirect their language, I'm really doing this on purpose. I want people to protect themselves because if they continue to rehearse the language that they might be familiar with and have rehearsed for many years and are enforced for many years, all they're going to do is, yes, it's easier for them and effortless to do, but all it will get them into a, is into a place of vulnerability where they you know, remain helpless, stagnant, uh, immobile emotionally, and we want to get them moving. So it makes sense that a positive thought, a positive word, if we concentrate on it and really think about it, you can do amazing things in that moment. Really, that's very powerful. It's kind of like you have to exercise your brain to go to those places because it doesn't naturally do it. And so sometimes when a person that's really depressed and always speaks in a way where uh, things are going to end up being bad, there's nothing to look forward to, I have to force them into places like gratitude, for example. I ask them to name me things that they're grateful for. Uh, they could start with something so little, but almost always they start with something really huge like, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my job. I love my job. But all these things are great, except these are not the things that keep you going. So you really got to go even smaller and smaller. Are you grateful for your toes? How about your nails? You know, are you grateful for the hair that you have on your head on a hot day? Are you grateful for your hair that you have on your head on a cold day? Does it keep you warm? Are you grateful for your hands? Are they nice to have, nice to hold things and touch things with? Are you grateful for your eyes? What would it feel like if you never saw your favorite person ever again visually? What would it feel like if you never heard the most beautiful song that you always love to hear and it inspires you? If you've never heard, if you never heard that again because you've lost your hearing, what would happen? Start being grateful at those points right there. Invite that within and almost always when I do this exercise with people, people panic, especially if they're depressed in nature um, and depressed in nature, meaning that they rehearse depressive thinking over and over again and they're already emotionally vulnerable. I have to force them because they usually tell me, I don't know, I don't know and I can't think of anything else besides my family and work and house and the money and, the, and I'm like, no, 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 go even lower, go even to smaller, smaller things that you need to be grateful for right the heck now. Not like later, not big goals, not big things that you can't see in front of you right now, things that you can see and feel in front of you. Because when you start from a place like that, you have much more likelihood of exposing your brain 
to the chemical hormones that come from gratitude. And oh boy, oh boy, they are amazing. And that's what we can do. So I, this is one trick that I really start using, which is called gratitude. <laughs> I use that with people, but I also use that with myself. When I think, oh gosh, it's been a rough day, I start getting grateful real quick and it changes the chemistry and protects my energy on the inside. It keeps me so protected. I start thinking of the food I have in my fridge, the water that I have in this that comes out of the faucet that I can put in a glass of water and drink it. I, I start to think of um, the fact that I can go in my vehicle and drive around and when it's hot out there, I can turn on the air and if it's cold out there, I can put on the seat warmer. That's exciting to me. That's gratitude to me. Those things are amazing. I don't ever want to take those for granted. And that's one way to always protect your brain, always protect your energy, your mind, your soul, your spirit by being grateful. That chemistry is hands down the best, the highest form of vibration is gratitude and the quickest, I think. All right. So that's going to be getting you to the ways that you're going to protect yourself. So the first one is, like I just said, <laughs> I snuck you in there real quick, which would be gratitude. Now, the second thing I want you to remember, especially when it comes to words, is that what I've learned and what we've learned from ancient works is that anything that we do, for example, as a spiritual sort of protection for our mental as well as our spiritual uh, selves, we're going to be doing ritualistically, meaning that we rehearse it over and over again. And that is how we ensure that it is protective. The power of rehearsal for your brain is immense. There is nothing better than rehearsing and training your brain for the idea of protection. I forgot to mention this before I even talk about the ritual and the idea of uh, rehearsing things over and over again when it comes to protection. It is really important to note that an intention has to be set. So what I mean about intention, meaning that intentionally you have to set your mind, your nature to be protective, right? So I'm saying, we, we, say, we do this all the time. I say things like things are going to be blessed. Uh, things will work out well in the end. We say this all the time in different ways, but the idea is that it definitely sets the intention that things will be protected, will be safe. And so you have to do this mentally. I am protected. I am safe. This is something that you would have to repeat ritualistically. So do you see why you have to set your intention first and then you repeat the ritual? I am safe. I am protected. So when a nasty thought comes in, friends, you don't let just let it play. Oh, what if? What if the worst case scenario happens and you keep playing it out and you keep enhancing it in your brain, next thing you know, it consumes you because that's how powerful you are as a human being. That's how a thought turns into things because you think that, right? So when I know that thoughts turn into things, I would not dare invite a thought that I know is nasty and is going to take me into a deep, dark hole. Why would I do that? And today I take that seriously, you guys. I take that seriously because not only does it mean my livelihood, but it means life and death in many situations I have to deal with, with people that are on the verge of life and death and that are between two worlds. So I take that very seriously, very seriously. Set your intention, apply it every day, reaffirm it. That's why affirmations are a great source. But in order for you to 
have affirmations work successfully, you have to apply the setting the intention. I have the intention for these affirmations to protect me, to keep me safe on the inside, to keep my energy safe. Uh, and from that place, that's how it, that's how it works. I hope that makes sense. And I didn't lose you somewhere in the twilight zone because <laughs> I know this sounds wild, but I'm telling you this because I, as a therapist, there's no way I would have lasted in those places I told you about where I worked without really starting to use that kind of protection. Like I said, this shocked me too, uh, because I would have never combined spiritual protection with psychological protection, but sure as heck, <laughs> they are the same thing. They are the same thing, friends. And today I'm, I'm giving you the psychological perspective of uh, reaffirming, setting the intention, ritualistically repeating this protection. I am safe. Everything will turn out as it's supposed to be. It is uh, for my own protection. Nothing is happening to me. It's happening for me. Those are some ways that we use to protect ourselves. I repeat them over and over again. Um, which helps me flow easily on the inside. It helps me also vibrate emotionally at a higher level. Your energy is really darn important. I can't stress enough that protection is a real thing. Energetic, psychological protection is a real thing. When we are helpless to those thoughts, then we let them run with whatever habits we've learned through the years and nothing gets cleaned up or disciplined in there. And so it is our job now as conscious people that are living intentionally and in conscious awareness to go in there and clean up this, this mess, <laughs> clean up this mess and protect ourselves on the inside. What's beautiful is that let's say you do have a spiritual, uh, aspect to you and that you enjoy the energetic cleansings, even the herbal cleansings, the use of oils, crystals, whatever it is that you would like to use a form of protection. Absolutely. All of those will work because you believe they work. And so that's the power they have. That's the power you have as a beautiful energetic source is that whatever your attention focuses on, it places energy on it and it protects it. Right. And we manifest this without even giving it credit. For example, if our kid is sick, we make them a bowl of chicken soup, right? And we feed it to them at times. And so this is also our intention being set on the chicken soup that it would help relieve the child in some way. Uh, all this is being done energetically speaking, friends. So, I mean, I don't know what chicken soup really does when it comes to healing anybody, but this is our energetic way of manifesting good intentions, setting them and protecting the child, right? We're doing this. We're actually doing this beautiful ritual that we've been doing for many, many years uh, as a way to uh, protect and keep others safe as well. We also maintain safety within our own intentions, believe it or not. So it, it's a double whammy here. Because I don't want us to think that, oh, my son is sick. He's just going to end up dying. Like this is this is not what we want to end up going into. So I'd rather make the bowl of soup as a way to protect than a way to hurt somebody else with my intentions, with my thought process, right? So it's important to stay safe, not just for you, but for others around you. When you start 
perceiving safety within you, you will also perceive the good and safe with safety within others as well. It just makes sense. But when you are suspicious and you have a lot of hurt on the inside, you also believe that others are not to be trusted and that they also mean to harm. So keep yourself safe and protected on the inside. And what you think about people needs to also mirror the safety that you have on the inside. It will naturally do that once you place safety within. I hope that makes sense. You guys, we have to go beyond what just is evidence-based. You and I feel something on the inside. We can feel with other people. This is something that is not described in, in texts and books. This is something that you intuitively know. And so do not think it's not there. We need to take advantage of the fact that we have other beautiful gauges on the inside of us that we're built with naturally that can help us through life. It's not just evidence-based nonsense. I promise you are more than just numbers and neurological wavelengths and I don't know what else and chemistry. You're beyond that. You guys are something beyond that resides within you and we are all part of it. Yeah, let's start thinking differently about protection and safety within, especially when connecting with people. Absolutely. All right. I hope this helped you guys as it helps me every day. I set my day in the morning by doing a cleansing in whatever space I am working in, whether it's my laptop, my chair, I light up candles, incense, whatever it takes to get the uh, the cleansing going and happening. I do a quick meditation, set an intention for the day. I may ask or pray for assistance. So not only do I ritualistically, physically set a way to protect the area I am in, but also mentally, first and foremost, set an intention for the day to protect myself and to protect the people that I work with as well. So believe me, my mind is fully in protection mode, in safety mode for the people that I work with as well as myself, right? So it's really, really important to do that, you guys. This is kind of the tips and tricks that I've learned through the years doing this job that I did not learn in textbooks. I had to learn along the way uh, because there were things that textbooks could not answer that Freud and his friends could not answer. And so today, my world has expanded tremendously. I hope I helped expand yours today too. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light and the ultimate protection of habitual positive thinking. This has been an episode of Drive Through.